1: Hey, parents, welcome back to another episode of the Wonder of Parenting podcast, a brain science approach to parenting. So glad to have you with us today and appreciate your listenership. We appreciate you telling your friends. We appreciate you sending in questions. And we've got another really good question today about parenting styles, sibling rivalry. Uh, It's got everything in this one today. So we're looking forward to our our friend Michael Gurian filling us in on all the details. Michael, welcome Ah. to the program.
0: Thank you. Thanks for having me.
1: And um, before we start, let's let's just take a moment to say thanks to our sponsors. And uh, they make it possible for you to hear this show free of charge. And uh, so, again, if, if you ever feel the need to just say thank you, send them an email, say thanks. Uh, but more than that, check them out because they may be a great resource for you. Uh, the first is our longstanding sponsor. That's Dr. Greg Jantz and the good folks up at the Center of Place of Hope. They are in the Seattle area. And uh, they work with a lot of different uh, emotional and mental health issues and things like depression, anxiety, eating disorders, addictions. Uh, Greg has written, uh, he writes a book a year. So he's got a lot of knowledge to pass along to you if you want to pick up some of his books or if you just want to check out uh, some of the work that they do there at the center. Uh, You go to wonderofparenting.com, wonderofparenting.com. And there's a link to the center, a place of hope. And if you ever are struggling with anything? That's the great place to get started. And uh, if you've got boys, uh, you may find uh, some real help with our second sponsor, and that's the Forge School. And Michael's been working with them, and they're doing some really exciting things, aren't they, Michael?
0: They are. Yeah, it's the Forge School in Benton, Tennessee, a, set up in a rural area. Um, I'm very. I mean, it's, it's an interesting combination. Very modern school. I've been there. And, but in a nice rural area with 55 acres and a river and ropes courses and adventure. And uh, it's a residential treatment center, right? A residential treatment school for boys and it's boys 14 to 17. So if you have a boy uh, who's having issues, he's 14 to 17. um, It's a really good place uh, to look at. Um, It's a boarding school. Uh, It's on, you know, if you go to wonderaparenting.com of of course you can click the Ford school, the icon is there and get more from them. I I highly recommend it. I've been there and it's quite interesting.
1: I love the question we have today because I'm guessing that a lot of parents who have siblings who are also parenting have had similar issues um, where they have spent time with their sibling and watched the way the sibling handles his or her kids and have gone home and said, can you believe the way that they handle their kids? my goodness. And this is one of those kinds of questions that gets into some really important stuff. And so this is a sister who's writing uh, about her sister and her sister's kids. And again, there's some, so many layers to this question. I think that you'll all really appreciate uh, what we talk about today. She begins with this, experts, please help. And uh, I'm going to just change that to expert please help because that's, it's going to be Michael today. Oh, no, uh, no. And I, I will just ask the <laughs> don't questions. leave me out here alone. <laughs> <laughs> My sister's children are very hard to deal with because she has a parenting philosophy of not wanting to stress them out about anything. So she sugarcoats everything scary and won't discipline them in public because she doesn't want to hurt their feelings. They are 10, 10 and nine years old. This has resulted in them ha- behaving poorly and acting like wild spazzes most of the time. At my house, especially, they seem out of control, and if I try to discipline them, she gets mad at me. I want to love them and bond with them, but I feel exhausted by their loud, obnoxious personalities and inability to listen to me. If I do try to discipline them, my sister undermines me, and I feel it is making her children lose respect for me because she is constantly in their ear telling them what I said is wrong, or that they don't do things that way. I feel that at least when in my home or house, my rules should be respected, but she is more concerned with their psyche than their respect for me and my things. I don't know why she feels like structure and discipline would hurt them, but for some reason she has decided making sure they're happy in the moment is more important than their long-term ability to handle stressful situations or be told no. What can I do? And is this a legitimate parenting philosophy Or is she just nuts? I love everything about this question. So I'm really excited to hear what you have to say. Because again, if you've got siblings and their parents and you've got their little uh, kids over, you've probably asked some similar questions uh, in your own household. So Michael, fix this.
0: Here you go. You're leaving me out there on the limb. Well, I, you know, of course, we know that this is a frustrated person. We would not ever use the language that another parent is nuts or that kind of thing. <laughs> right. But we we know she's really frustrated. And so um, I, it's, it is a parenting philosophy. Uh, we have talked before about there are kind of, when you look at parenting philosophies, of course, there's a lot of complexity to them. But you can kind of divide them into authoritarian, authoritative, and permissive. And um, that's just for shorthand because it's complex. But when we look at authoritarian, authoritative, and permissive, it sounds like the the sister who has the three kids has a permissive philosophy, and but the writer of this, uh, her sister, the aunt, has a more authoritative philosophy. If the if the aunt has a an authoritarian philosophy, which is really dominant and doesn't you know allow the children. The, the children to express their core selves. Okay, then I could see the sister of the aunt saying, um, you know, no, that's dangerous to them." But I'm kind of getting the sense that what we're dealing with is, is authoritative parenting versus permissive parenting. Permissive parenting comes from, can come from a number of places. I mean, obviously one, it can come from experts who pushed it for a while. And there are some experts who still push it, permissive parenting, but they call it other things. Um, It can also come from, uh, well, I'm sorry, to back up. And the reason they push it is they are pushing the idea. uh, It's kind of an anti-resilience idea, I think. But they're pushing the idea that you harm the core self of the child, or they'll use the term self-esteem of the child, if you say no to the child or if you push back on any of the child's self-expression. So even if the child's being obnoxious which is which is not good for socialization and ultimately good for the child's ability to function in the society that's still okay. You don't want to push back on it because if you do it's going to harm the child's core self. Okay? So you know I don't think there's any science behind that, right? I mean that is just a philosophy. It's just an opinion, but there's no science behind it. Actually, you do need to push back On kids who are naturally narcissistic (laughs) as they develop and we do need to push back and we do need to help them to do what we consider to be right if we're looking at it from that values point of view or what we consider to be functional if we're looking at here's how you function well in a society well you can't do a B and C if you're gonna function well in society so I'm an authoritative parent who is directing you toward doing things correctly doing things the best way Um, and I think this is the conflict, right? It's a conflict between the permissive parent who has one philosophy and an authoritative parent who has another philosophy. Ultimately, science would be on the side of the authoritative parent. Um, and, and we wanna remind people, authoritative is not authoritarian. There's nothing abusive about authoritative, uh, but it does it does re- holds children to standards, um, standards of behavior. And um, the permissive parent does not or does not hold children to as many standards of behavior uh, that make that child functional in a society. So given that they have these two different parenting philosophies, what I, what I always argue, and of course, I'm arguing it to the person who already believes it, and we don't have on the phone uh, or in the podcast, the person who doesn't believe this, unfortunately, but the only argument I can make is you have to, we have to allow for multi-strategic approaches to parenting and mentoring our children. So the permissive parent, even if she doesn't, even if she doesn't parent in an authoritative way, but parents in a permissive way, she still, I think, needs to buy into the idea that it is good for children um, to have multi-strategic approaches because the world is multi-strategic. So they need to become adaptive um, to the discipline system and the parenting style of the ant, that's actually good for them because in the world, you know, they will need to adapt. And by being by, if they are protected from having any other parenting style used, if they're protected, then they are not going to be as resilient and functional in the society. That's just, we've got to see that as a given. They simply will not be, um, they need the influence of people who are holding them to standards and, uh, and holding them to those standards does not harm them and it only makes them more functional. But that person is not in our podcast. So yeah, right. so here we are with this person who, who I mean, I can only suggest to this person that, that she continue, assuming she is not authoritarian, that she continue doing what she's doing um, with the kids and that she continue, now that they're 10 and nine, she can explain to them what she's doing. She can explain that she and her sister, their mom, have a different parenting philosophy, but, but here you are in my house, and this is my philosophy, and, and you're 10 and nine years old, you have the intelligence to understand what I'm doing, so I'm gonna explain it to you. And what I'm doing is I'm trying to help you so that you'll be more functional in the society. You know, Because if you're obnoxious all the time and yelling and screaming all the time, you are ultimately not going to have friends, you're ultimately not gonna succeed, um, you have to learn to interact with me, you know, in a way that's more functional and, uh, and you can't throw things because if you do that in a society, it's not going to work, you know? And so she has to just keep at them repetitively explaining to them what she's doing, why she's doing it. And then if they say, well, my mom doesn't that do it that way. You say, yeah, but that doesn't really matter to me. You know, you're in my home. The, obviously, the issue will be if the mom says to her sister, the aunt, "Well, you can never see my children again." Right. And, right. And that is not that is not solvable. I mean, by, by us on a podcast. What I have to hope is that the sister, that the two sisters, and that their spouses, that, that they can all come together, you know, and have a meeting, and maybe they can use this podcast if they want, listen to it, or however else they do it. They can have a meeting and they can, you know, make a decision that what the aunt is doing is helpful. You know, the mom believes in what she's doing, okay, but what the aunt is doing is helpful. And so, um, you know, we should stick to each person parenting in their own ways or mentoring in their own ways in their own home.
1: Our family has grown. Welcome to the world, Hannah Baby. Introducing a new collection, Hannah Soft, made with Tencel. It's so breathable, with stretchy comfort for all of baby's first moments. And it's cool and gentle on their skin all year round. Entrusted Hannah quality for your most precious gift. Hannah soft made to last shop now at Hannah com. But I'm,
0: I'm unfortunately, I can't, I mean, unless I could get on the phone with these two sisters, you know, or something like that. I I don't know. Podcast can't intervene. Right. So it's interesting how
1: two sisters raised by the same parents can come to two totally different parenting styles, but that's not uncommon necessarily. Um, no, it's not. I, I think a lot, you know, even for me, I look at the way that I raised my kids and the way that my siblings raised their kids. And while there are some things that are similar, there's some things that are very, very different. And... Um, you know, we probably all went home once in a while after Christmas parties and, and family gatherings, like how are Tim's kids going to possibly grow up and be healthy the way he parents or whatever. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> but this, this one seems a little deeper, right. Where, where there doesn't seem to be mutual respect for the parenting styles. Um, and that could lead as, as you're indicating, it could lead to, you know, some challenges in their own relationship. So, um, I, I know sitting down and talking about it is is going to be important what are some things that you would recommend to the writer to say to her sister because parenting is such a personal thing right you you criticize my parenting you're criticizing yeah, me
0: exactly yeah.
1: and they're not separate and um, uh, you know and, and for most of us as parents we're making it up on the fly anyways we go along uh, trying to grab the best that we can to parent because no one ever taught us to parent you just sort of fall into it so what are some things that this the 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 writer can do with her sister to at least begin the discussion to to try to um maybe melt the ice um try not to make it a, a thing of conflict but of partnership are there some things she can say things she can do to keep the relationship intact and at the same time have some control of what's happening in her home when the the nieces and nephews are over
0: yeah, I, a few things. I mean, I, obviously, I know she and the sister have talked quite a bit. She indicates that a, yep. a few angles maybe to take that she may not have thought of. One angle, one angle to take is to ta- ask ask her sister, the mom, what what are the assets that she, the mom, thinks the kids get when they come to the aunt's house. Like there, there must be something the mom likes about the kids coming mm-hmm. to the aunt's house. Or the mom wouldn't have the kids go to her aunt's house so maybe one of the assets you know now we're in the void here we don't know but maybe one of the assets is that the mom's working and the aunt's not working and that the aunt is watching over the kids okay so that's a huge asset um uh maybe another asset is that there are things that the aunt has that really the mom loves the kids having access to like maybe the aunt lives on a farm obviously i'm making all this up but maybe the aunt lives on a farm and the asset is The the kids get to play with all of those animals and get to be outdoors. So there've got to be assets that the mom uh, unconsciously, and maybe we can make it conscious, the sister can with conversation, about what are the assets that I bring? And as they identify the assets that the aunt brings, that can be a way into saying, well, I want to keep giving him those assets, um, and you value those assets, but uh, or and, not but, that's a bad word, and, In order for this to keep happening i gotta i gotta be able to um be respected by your kids they can't they can't scream at me so i need i need your permission for me to push back on them and say you know you have to respect me and so two things are happening there one is the assets are being made conscious now for the mom and and her valuing of those assets is made conscious. So she has some incentive to keep the kids coming to the aunt. And then the other is to talk about respect and that how difficult it is for the aunt to not be respected and how that hurts. And and then don't you, my sister, kind of feel hurt when your kids don't respect you? Um, and, you know, and, and is it really good for your kids to create that hurt? Uh, it certainly is a hurt for me. So that can be two sides of a coin in a conversation. That might help. Another thing that might help is to try to help the sister to figure out uh, the mom. I'm going to call her the mom to help the mom to figure out was there trauma uh, in her parents, you know, in their parents' parenting style that that really hurt the sister. You know, sometimes permissive parenting comes because we have had authoritarian parents. Mm-hmm. And the authoritarian parents, maybe even abusive, I don't know, but they were authoritarian enough, domineering enough that we as as then the adult child don't wanna repeat that with our kids. So we create a permissive atmosphere with our kids where we never say no to them because no was said to us so much and we were dominated so much, we never dominate them. Um, so that can also be a potential conversation because that's something the kids share, these two girls, uh, now women share, if that in ca- fact was the case, if there was trauma, um, yes, these two sisters turned out differently. One became a permissive parent, the, the other uh, is a more authoritative aunt, but but it could have still existed and it could have operated on the the mom who was maybe a more sensitive child, right? During this authoritative parenting, it may have operated on her as trauma and so she doesn't want to repeat that trauma. So that's a way in, if that was in fact the case. It's a leverage, it's a way in, it's an angle to use where this aunt can use with her sister and say, hey, let's talk about that. You know, that's something we shared. We could talk about that. Is that operating here? And that could open maybe some doors with her, her sister, the mom. Those are some things I can think of. What about negotiating together
1: and say, all right, when the kids are at my house, um, these are some of the the things that are important in our house. Uh, I know, tell me what's important in terms of your, what, what you want to have happen for the kids and where can we sort of come to an agreement when the kids are at the house? Because I love them, I want them to be here, um, but I also want, you know, some order and <laughs> balance and respect. Um, can you negotiate those kinds of things mm-hmm. oftentimes?
0: Yeah, that, that makes sense too. I mean, I think that can can be a part of this where, Maybe the, the sister, the aunt, can get it down to, let me just have these three things. <laughs> you know, mm. let's negotiate to where in my house I'm allowed to do these three things. If they are disrespectful to me, you know, I'm allowed to say, I'm sorry, you, you can't call me a blank, let's say. Mm. My guess is they're calling this, this aunt names. Um, uh, number two, if they're in my house... Um, you know, and number three, whatever they are, they're going to know better than we can make up in a podcast because they're in it. And yeah, then negotiate for those three things, rather than for a change in the whole parenting philosophy, which probably the mom's not going to do. But at least negotiate for some line items that, that since they're coming to my house, these are things I need. Uh, I like that. I like that, Tim. I think that's another great way to go
1: no purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, and it, it sounds like, just in reading, that they're still in touch with each other. It didn't sound like at this point, you know, there's going to be a break in the relationship. But what are some things that that uh, the writer, the aunt, might want to look for in terms of her relationship with her sister? and then uh, in, in terms of relating with the kids that that might suggest to her you know we might may, maybe the two of us are going to need some intervention in our relationship um and and if that's the case where would they look what what kind of counselor would they look
0: for well I, yeah i think you're really onto something and you're right it doesn't indicate that yet but if it gets to the point where they're just so much and then you know i think what will happen is that the mom will say i don't want my kids to be with you anymore and that will rupture the relationship um so before it gets to that point uh it would be neat for the two sisters to get some counseling if needed um you know the mom may not have any incentive to do that but it would be great and especially if they discover that in their conversation that there was trauma that the mom or both sisters haven't really dealt with from the childhood, then that's a wedge in and a way in to look at getting some counseling. Uh, Another way to get intervention, um, helpful intervention would be to get these spouses involved, you know, Mm -hmm. um, get some more people involved here in trying to help the two sisters figure out a solution. Um, uh, So let's assume they both have spouses, Uh, that's a way to go, but there also could be extended family that they respect You know, I mean, there could be that both sisters really respect dad or uncle Joe or aunt Sally, you know what I mean? Right. Everyone knows those, those people in their extended family that they just both have a respect for, and they could, you know, maybe go to that person as mediator and ask that person to help them. And that can be an intervention. Um, Because I, I also think, and I think you're hinting at it, that they're having a hassle over the parenting and the, the, um. Extended family mentoring of their kids. But it may have already triggered or may trigger other stuff going on between them as sisters. Mm -hmm. And so there's, you know, it's never a bad idea to get counseling or intervention to help with those things.
1: Are these kids of an age where the aunt could sit down with them or sit down with them and their mom and say, let's negotiate together? uh, rules for when you're at my house and how to make this a great experience? What are some things you'd like to be able to do? What are things that I feel like I need to do? Or are they, do they still need to have authorities say to them? Uh, this is just the way it is.
0: Oh, well, both. And I mean, I, they are, they are nine and 10 and I, I, as I indicated before, I do think all this, all this can get talked out with them. Mm -hmm. Um, but ultimately authority has to be held. So it's a, it's a both end, but luckily they're nine and 10. They're not five and four, they're nine and 10. Uh, and so obviously there must be two, two twins. And then another child, um, I, you could sit down with those kids. Uh, one of them may not understand as well as the others, depending on their maturity level, mm-hmm. but um, we can definitely sit down with them. I The negotiating with them at the table could work, but given that the, Well, no, no, I'm not going to say, but I'm going to say, and (laughs) it's worth trying. And given the fact that, that the aunt holding her authority is the issue. um, If the kids are involved in the negotiation, you know, my guess would be, they're going to be siding with their mom. Mm -hmm. And so the aunt is going to be left out. Yep. And, and so it's going to be four against one. So I would just say, watch for that. Yeah. Yeah. I'd rather that the talking happened, but I I might worry a little, and she would understand the dynamics, I might worry a little, though, of the four against one, mm-hmm. if it goes beyond talking to, okay, we're all five of us will negotiate this. Uh, I think the two parents should be negotiating it. Yeah, yeah. So it's not four against one. Yeah. <clears throat> and of course, underlying all of this
1: is making sure that the relationship between the two sisters stays intact. Yeah. Um, because these things can rip families apart.
0: Oh yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, that that's why we, I hope what, what we have said today can help. Um, you know, and I wish that the mom were on, were listening. So I hope that she will mm-hmm. listen, and and know that what we're what we're trying to do is find a solution that's best for the kids. Yes, and it's also a solution that I think will help. The, the two sisters, as you're indicating, if the mom who's the permissive parent can just let go of the idea that that good stress is bad stress. You know, I mean it kind of gets hinted in the in this in this um letter or this email where where the aunt is saying it seems to her that the mom doesn't want their kids to be under any stress. Right. And what what the mom is not realizing is that there's a difference between bad stress and good stress. And what the aunt at at least it appears from this email, what the aunt is providing is good stress, the kind of stress that builds resilience, the kind of stress that builds a core self in kids. And that's good stress. So that is stress you want your kids to have. Just like if your kids are playing a game. I mean, if, if this mom were here, I would be talking to her and saying, look, if your kids are involved in any sports, that's a good stress, right? They're They're under stress, but it's a good stress. Well, so is authoritative parenting. That's where a parent has chosen certain things that the child just can't do and pushes back with the child on those things. That creates a good stress, not a bad stress. So that would be, I guess, a message I would try to give to the mom if she will listen to this, is that what the aunt is doing is not creating debilitating stress. It's actually creating good stress that will build resilience in the kids.
1: And, and I think the reason why the aunt wrote, to begin with, is, is she loves these kids. She loves her sister. She wants the relationship to be good. She cares about these kids turning out to be decent human beings. Um, and, and maybe, uh, you know, if, the, if the, the writer, the aunt, is feeling a little stuck, it might be worth her time to see a counselor once or twice and, and uh, see if the counselor could help put a strategy together from her perspective uh, mm-hmm. to help her manage that. Um, and uh, just find good ways healthy ways to get at it and um, so that everybody learns to to love each other and appreciate each other's turf and home and all those things that are so important because aunts and uncles play such a crucial role in the lives of our children and as you said earlier that whole thing of different parenting styles is really important for kids
0: it is multi-strategic yes is is better than single yeah yeah yeah
1: well, Michael, thank you, and uh, you know, to the writer, thank you, and we hope this has been helpful for you and other parents who have no doubt uh, been through this with some of their siblings as well. And uh, so we look forward to, uh, to being with you all next time. We've got another listener question coming on up. Michael, once again, thank you very much.
0: Thank you, Tim. Great and, great way that you lead this. It's really well, wonderful to work with you.
1: Thank you. And and thanks to all of you again for listening. And uh, again, com, where you can learn about our sponsors. You can send us questions, resources available there. And uh, if you think of it, recommend us to a friend. Have a great week.